We are in Mark. We're going to pick up. We have made it as far as 15. We're going to pick up in the midst of this crucifixion. In verse 16, Father, again, we pray that you would bless our time in your word in Jesus' name. It says, Then the soldiers led him into the hall of the praetorium, and they called together the whole garrison. Um, the praetorium is uh, like the secret service. They, they are um, special forces amongst the Romans, and they guard uh, the mostly the emperor, but they also guard um, the um, you know Pilate, Pontius Pilate, and others. He was of the Praetorium, so they're they're elite. They clothed him with purple. They twisted a crown of thorns, put it on his head, and began to salute him, "Hail, King of the Jews!" Then they struck him on the head with a reed, spat on him, bowing the knee. They worshipped him when they had mocked him. They took the purple off him, put his own clothes on him, and led him out to crucify him. So uh, many things within this that uh, other parallel Gospels uh, give us here. Uh, he is torn to shreds. Um, Isaiah telling us that he his visage was more marred than any man. Uh, the way it's worded uh, tells us, uh, that he was so physically destroyed that it was uh, impossible to to, dis to distinguish him as a man. That that his his body was that destroyed. The scourging was unbelievable. Just tear the flesh to shreds, head to foot. Now they've put this crown of thorns on his head. They've taken this reed as a scepter. Um, and um, there are inside the Antonio Fortress to this day, there are inscriptions on the wall that give instructions uh, for a game that the guards would play that they called Kill the King. And uh, when they had played this game out, it, had, it really had little to do with the individual because whoever they played the game against was going to be executed what the game determined was who was going to kill the king. Okay. Um, and, um, you know, in this setting, it's difficult to say that that's directly connected because he was going to be crucified. So it may have been simply that um, in, you know, playing out this game as part of their routine and their ritual, it was to determine who was going to take him to the crucifixion because that was going to be, a joint effort on the part of these soldiers. Um, so the purple placed upon him, uh, you know, you read that and think like, why would they do that part of this game? And, and the mockery. Think about how sadistic that is. Um, w would you stand over a man who's strapped in the electric chair and mock him? It's a twisted thing. Uh, that's going on here. It shows the great depravity of these soldiers in, in what they are doing. Condemned to death, uh, they are bringing this humiliation upon Jesus. Um, this reed in his hand, we're told elsewhere that they beat the crown of thorns into his head. 
uh, kill the king often involved plating a, 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 a crown of thorns and bludgeoning it into the head of the, the individual that was going to be crucified. So um, that's, that's a tormentuous thing to uh, consider in this whole process. Then to rent, rip the purple robe off from him, you know, ha- having it all coagulated, knit into his body, which is just so tortured. Um, it, it's as graphic as you can possibly imagine. Uh, most of us are familiar with the fact that they're going to gamble for his clothes here shortly um, because, right, so it's not the purple robe, it's the, his own clothing, and it's because it was one piece of woven fabric, which makes it valuable. Um, it was just, you know, like workman quality uh, is what they were looking at. So robe placed upon you, wrenched off from you, one piece garment, then wrenched down over you, uh, you know. Imagine, you know, how this is uh, just tearing at your your um, your flesh and your body. Led him out to crucify him. Interesting. In fifteen twenty one, then they compelled a certain man, Simon a Cyrene, and notice this: the father of Alexander and Rufus. Right. If I if I say to you. Um, you know, Simon, father of Alexander and Rufus. You should autom- automatically be like, who Who are Alexander and Rufus? Right? The point is, the recipients of this letter seemingly understood who Alexander and Rufus were. Simon the Cyrene, the father of Alexander and Rufus, as he was coming out of the country and passing by to bear the cross. They compel him to do this. So a couple of things uh, regarding this. Uh, Matthew chapter 5, verse 14, Jesus, teaching on the Sermon on the Mount, said, whoever compels you to go one mile, go with him too. Uh, and, and we think of that as just like, you know, go the extra mile. We even say that, right? Well, <clears throat> this was Roman law, and it had to do with Roman soldiers. So uh, if a Roman soldier stepped up to you, and place their sword upon you, their spear tip upon you, or pointed at you with their spear tip and said, you carry this. You were compelled by Roman law to carry that wherever they told you to go for up to a mile. And Jesus said, if they compel you to go a mile, go too. So for the Jews, this was a matter of what? (laughs) You've got to be kidding me. You know, if I can, I'm going to run. I'm not, I refuse. I will not serve Rome was their mindset. Um, You know, think about the compassion of Jesus uh, towards Roman soldiers, towards Roman centurions. They ask him specifically there at Sermon on the Mount, what should we do? The Roman soldiers. And he says, be content with your wages and no longer extort people. He doesn't say you filthy, rotten Roman soldiers you know, should renounce uh, your service to Rome and serve God. It's wicked of you to be involved. He doesn't say any of that. You get the impression from certain Christian denominations uh, that to be involved with the military, to be involved with law enforcement, to, to be involved in certain elements of, you know, United States government, you really have to take into consideration how incredibly wicked 
the Roman government was, the Roman military was, the Roman soldiers were, and Jesus does not compel believers to leave that service. You know, think about it. We often say this in regard to the military. If there's one place that needs good, solid Christians, right, it's the military, it's law enforcement. Uh, we, we need to have godly example in these places, helping and leading and comforting and purifying and, uh, you know, all the things that a Christian could lend. So, so here they compel Simon the Cyrene uh, to carry uh, this cross. Now there's a little bit of a debate about is it the whole cross or is it the cross member? Because sometimes, uh, at, especially at this time, uh, the Romans would leave the, the straight stake of the cross at the locations of uh, the crucifixions and they would make the um, people that were being executed carry just the cross member. They would get to the location and they would uh, string the uh, ropes through uh, the top of the cross and then pull the cross beam up. They would nail them to the cross beam and then pull them up into place. Uh, I don't really care whether it was the cross or the cross beam. I don't think that that well, weighs an issue, right? Jesus began sweating great drops of blood in the freezing cold, right? You know how it is when you get totally wet in, in cold, you're going to you know, be sapped by uh, that temperature peter's warming himself by the fire that night because it says it specifically says and it was cold right then beaten bag put over his head beaten beard ripped out of his head beaten scourged right mocked now carry the cross being carry the cross he, he's spent cannot accomplish this simon the cyrene is compelled parallel verse romans 16 verse 13 Paul says greet Rufus chosen in the Lord and his mother and mine uh, uh, Simon the Cyrene father of Alexander and Rufus so we have a couple references in the New Testament that tell us that this occasion was probably Simon's conversion uh, you know th think about how just in a matter of verses here one of these thieves is going to have his heart changed by his interaction with Jesus. Imagine how, it's, it's kind of strange to say, imagine how grateful Jesus is in this moment for Simon the Cyrene's help. Okay? And, and I think it's much bigger. You know, I, I tend to color the picture in pretty thorough, but uh, think about this. Uh, he's, he's traveled a massive distance uh, you know from africa to come here to this location to be part of the worship here in the city for passover and now he's going to be ceremonially defiled because he's going to be bearing the cross and get jesus blood upon himself he's not going to be able to worship as he intended think about what a level of time and money and resources this man had to expend to get here to have it all wash away in one moment when a Roman soldier says, you carry this cross. Uh, probably Jesus is making apology. You know, I don't know. I'm speculating completely, but, you know, I know what you've invested to get here. I know where your intentions were to worship.
trust me when I tell you that what you're doing here with me right now is far more important. You know? I am the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the Lord. Who knows what that conversation was like? Uh, you know, church history tells us Simon became a leader, uh, that Alexander and Rufus were followers of Jesus Christ. So it's a remarkable moment that we just catch a snapshot off and uh, boy it'll be interesting to be in the presence of the Lord and ask more thorough questions and get some details they brought him to the place Golgotha uh, place of the skull if you get opportunity to go to Israel which you know pretty much international travel now requires vaccines so you know you gotta seriously consider it's worth the investment to go to Israel I mean their hospitals are amazing, in case you're wondering. So, so um, spent some time there. Uh, the hill uh, where Jesus is going to be crucified uh, is actually where Abraham took Isaac to sacrifice him. Um, the Temple Mount being upon it is on the lower slope of it, and they've quarried out a big section of it there. And in the process of quarrying, uh, they uh, disfigured the mountain structure in ancient times, and now it looks like a skull. At a distance, you can see eye sockets, nose, jawline, teeth, and mouth. It, it's the hill of the skull, and it was at this time. Uh, so when they say hill of the skull, it looks like a skull. Uh, and there's a big bus terminal at the bottom now, but you know, it, is, it is the hill of the skull, and it's a remarkable thing uh, to see it there. Calvary is uh, the uh, modern English uh, term. You know, so you, you come to Skull Chapel, whether you're aware of that or not, right? We, we, we secretly were Gothic, you know what I'm saying? So um, when you go to Budapest, um, you, you go to uh, Golgotha Chapel, which is just kind of neat um, uh, to be there. They don't, they don't have the word uh, Calvary in uh, their language at all. So it's the hill of the skull uh, and the, the chapel. I, I like that, you know, the, the fact that not just it's a gritty, but the fact that it, it points to our Lord's sacrifice and uh, brings us, you know, brings our attention to what he did for us. So they took him to the place of the skull, which is translated place of the skull, and they gave him wine mingled with myrrh to drink, and he did not take it. Very powerful pain reliever uh, and uh, it would have made especially those first moments of being crucified much more bearable it's gonna wear off just so we get a picture here rome was into execution they they loved public execution um, not just for the display they liked it for what it accomplished it subdued people uh, the shortest roman crucifixion in their records is 32 hours so nail a person to the cross and they hung there for 32 hours the longest is just hours over two weeks right they actually suspect that that person died of dehydration hanging there on the cross uh, biggest crucifixion that uh, was recorded by Rome was crosses that extended 60 miles 
right? Uh, insurrection against Rome. They captured everyone that was remotely involved and they crucified them all, right? Just to be fully graphic as Rome was, they crucified children. They were merciless. Uh, they, they wanted it to be a billboard for how shocking they were. Uh, you know, above their head would be posted the crime that they had committed. This is not some neat, clean, Christian, whitewashed, religious thing. This is as gruesome as can be imagined. Uh, this whole forearm uh, was the hand to the Roman. Handshakes often were a complete overlock of forearm, and you would handshake uh, that way. Uh, when Romans crucified people, they would drive the spike through their wrist uh, so that the um, nail would hook on the metacarpal bone because if you put it in the hand, it would just tear out through. They never did that. They always drove it through. And um, if you study the Shroud of Turin, not that I want to distract you with that, but um, the person that was buried in that shroud was crucified, and one of the evidences that in the, the shroud, his thumb is folded over because the metacarpal nerve was severed in the forearm uh, of, of the crucifixion. So brutal, brutal, brutal experience. Uh, and uh, Jesus denies the pain reliever. Uh, they, they bring him myrrh uh, mixed with uh, gall or vinegar. The, you know, it says wine. It's the wine vinegar mixed with uh, gall or myrrh, which would have immediately uh, just been a powerful sedation to his whole system. Like I said, probably would have worn off, but it would have allowed that blunt force shocking trauma to the body of the crucifixion to be much more manageable. He refuses it, does not uh, take it. There are a few things um, uh, to consider uh, in Matthew chapter 26 at verse 39. He's in the garden of Gethsemane. It says he went a little further, fell on his face and prayed saying, Oh, my father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will, right? The cup, he, he wants this to go, what cup? The cup of God's wrath, right? He's going to experience God's wrath. Again, parallel passage so that you're understanding what the scripture is symbolically relaying. Revelation chapter 14 verses 9 through 11, during the tribulation, uh, that is God pouring out his wrath on an unbelieving world. It says, chapter 14, verse 9, Then the third angel followed them, saying with a loud voice, If anyone worships the beast and his image and receives his mark on his forehead or on his hand, he himself shall also drink of the wine of the wrath of God, which is poured out full strength into the cup of his indignation. He shall be tormented with fire and brimstone in the presence of the holy angels, in the presence of the Lamb, and the smoke of his torment ascends forever and ever. And they have no rest day or night who worship the beast in his image, whoever receives the mark of his name. I want to just develop a concept here uh, for just a moment. 
Uh, Jesus Christ on the cross takes God's wrath full strength. And uh, the case I'm making of his refusing the pain reliever is the understanding of I'm going to absorb God's wrath on this cross the way that Will would have absorbed God's wrath in hell. And if Will and you guys will accept me making that substitution on their behalf. So he's not going to dumb down the experience. Our culture is continuously engaged in dumbing down life. Life is hard. Life is harsh. And, and we live in a culture that is constantly sedating itself. Right? Um, <clears throat> all kinds of ways. I'll just jump around on a few. Right? Um, Oh, you know, we have a whole youthful generation that is engaged in uh, finding success and pleasure in um, uh, fantasy, right? Um, video games and movies and entertainment. Uh, they're just experiencing, you know, what do I mean? Well, like, you know, I, I, I'm, I, I'm, every year I sound like more and more like that old man, you know, saying like, when I was a kid, we, you know, it is, but uh, you know, uh, you know, some examples. Um, as a child, um, I, I bought my first uh, bike myself, my, my money, uh, doing chores, save my money, Bangor Savings Bank, save my money. Uh, went to Zares on Broadway and, and bought my first bike myself, my money. Um, I uh, mowed our lawn, right? I didn't get paid for that. I mowed our lawn. Our house is like part of, you know, room and board, right? You know, that, things did not come free. Uh, you know, uh, when we uh, moved on to Pushaw Lake that first winter, uh, my mother installed this big wood stove. And told us we're you know this primary heat source this wood stove this is what we're doing. She was a county girl, right? Eastern Maine, uh, you know, picking potatoes as a kid. You know, when she when she was a child, she would go into the fields with my uncle, her brother, and they would race one another to see who could pick a uh, hundred a hundred barrels of potatoes by hand in a day as children. Okay, so. You know, that wonderful woman that you meet here grew up working hard and teaching us to work hard. That first winter, uh, yeah, the pulp truck shows up and there's eight cord of wood tree length on it. And here's your brand new chainsaw and there's your, uh, you know, wood splitter and have fun. You know, eight, eight cord cut, split, stacked is, is what my brothers and I uh, did. Um, <clears throat> you know, neighbors seeing me cut the lawn asked her, can Will cut our grass so first job um, mow the neighbor's lawn get paid for a whole lawn five bucks right a big deal at the time uh, before it was done over the few years bought my own mower with my earnings uh, tie that to my bike seat bungee cord the gas can to the top of that and pedal around on my bike and mow lawns no self-propel nothing push everything mow well, I was the richest kid in my neighborhood and I had a great sense of that. 
that my accomplishments and what I was doing. I was refusing lawns just because I couldn't do any more lawns. I'm a kid and I've only got so much energy. I only got so much time. I can't do any more uh, than what I'm doing. <clears throat> the generation today, I'm not just beating them up. Okay, their fulfillment comes by killing 150,000 people on Halo before breakfast. You know what I'm saying? High score is their fulfillment. You know, and then what? Massive disappointment, right? As grades suffer, as there is no tangible reward from that. We're, we're, we're creating, right, this generation of young people that don't get to experience the great reward that, that just one or two generations ago did through hard work. You know, succeed and accomplish. So then what? Well, now they're massively depressed. They're filled with anxiety. So what do we do? We prescribe. We give them, right, wine mingled with myrrh, antidepressant, anti-anxiety. We, we're giving them the things to sedate their conscience. Their conscience is tearing at them saying you're unfulfilled. Flatly stated, you're unaccomplished, right? And in their mind, I am accomplished, right? I can mix a beat like nobody's business. Who cares? Right? It's, it isn't fulfilling you. You know, so what? You impressed your friends. I'm not mocking. I am not mocking them, right? So what? You impressed your friends with that. You produced, you know, how many of them? And, and uh, you guys know what a shill is in Las Vegas? So, so a shill is a fake winner. Okay? They work for the casino. Blackjack tables go cold. So you send the shill out to the table. You change the deck. You change the dealer. Everybody sitting at the table is an employee of the casino. And they deal out fake hands. And hooray, somebody just won $10,000. And woohoo! And now people come to the table. The minute somebody sits down and is a legitimate bet better, everything comes off the table. New dealer is put into place. New deck, new cards. Every, now it's a legitimate game. The shills stay at the table, and they take regular hands, and if they win, so be it. If they don't, but now the casino's making real money off from the real players, and one by one, the shills leave. Everything they earn goes back to the casino. Okay? How many people actually make money playing video games? How many people actually make money producing videos on YouTube? And yet there's, you know, it's the carrot, you guys, out in front of all these young people. Like, sit at home, do nothing, develop no skills, and someday you'll be a winner. This is what the shills are saying, right? Uh, this is the house, the devil, <laughs> posing these fake winners up here for all these young people to be left with nothing. And so they have to sedate the conscience, right? Behavioral modification drugs, antidepressant, anti-anxiety, anti-psychotic medications. Last year, $69 billion in America. 
If $69 billion is a number difficult for you to wrap your mind around, that's more than $31,000 a minute. America is spending more than $31,000 a minute to not be filled with anxiety, not be depressed, not, right? Because the pain of life is tearing at these people's hearts. Their marriage is unfulfilled. Their career is unfulfilled. They're, they're, they're filled with anxiety. They're filled with depression. And so they have to sedate themselves. Jesus walks into this and says, I'm going to take this full strength. There's an example there for us to not sedate ourselves, to let the pain teach us, to let the pain compel you to make changes, to, to not allow things to take away the pain, right? The government is stepping in and taking away the financial pain. Here's your stimulus check. Here's your food stamps. Here's, right? we got to rise up. We gotta rise up. We gotta we gotta take the pain of life and let it teach us. You know, the example has been given in the past that you know these are God designed alarms in our lives. You're you're unaccomplished, you're unfulfilled, and so depression, that's an alarm going off in your heart, saying to you, you gotta fix something. Something's broke. I'm not saying I know what it is, I'm just saying that if that's going off, you need to search out and find, right? If you wake up in the middle of the night and you can smell smoke and the fire alarm is screaming, right? It's not time for you to open the windows and buy a fan, right? Go around the house and pull all the batteries out of the alarm. You know, I'll put this, I'll put this rubber, uh, you know, layer between the terminal and the battery so that this stops doing this. I'll put this drug in here in my mind so that this alarm stops going off. It's, it's not, that's not the thing to do. If the alarm is going off, you need to seek out the fire, right? You need to find out why is this going off in my life? Why? If you can't sleep, if you're being woken up in the middle of the night with, I don't know why, the anxiety, what is going on? Find out. Pray. Seek the Lord. Right? Jesus Christ walks into this situation and says, I'm going to take this full strength. And the example is there for us to not sedate ourselves. Our, uh, would you agree with me that our culture is, is deeply engaged in this whole sedation process, right? You know, I, I, I'll go even further. I'll chase the rabbit trail in this regard. You know, even the issue of entertainment, right? Uh, meditation, we're supposed to meditate upon God's word, right? And I, I've given you the example recently of uh, we get the word meditation from the term ruminate, which is where we get the word or the phrase to chew the cud, to fully digest, to bring it back up, to fully digest it again, right? Levitical law, you, you are to eat ruminating ungulates, those that chew the cud who have a split hoof, right? They, they digest the food over and over again, purifying it in the process. We are designed by God to ruminate, to to think upon a thing. And I always use that in regard to how you do meditate, but it's usually in the wrong way and the wrong things. Right? You're mad at somebody and you meditate on that, right? 
You know, you're having an argument with them in the car. They're not even there. You're on your way to work and you're yelling at the windshield. You know what I'm saying? It's just when you're going over and over and over this thing. You're meditating on it. You're fully digesting it. You're taking it all the way into your person. And you go to work and punch in and you sort of forget about it. And then on your way home, it sparks to mind again. And now you're meditating on it again. You're going over it again. You've brought it all back up and you are re-digesting it. Okay? If we do that with the Word of God, and my example is, right, start in the morning, get in the Word, remember a few things at noon, open the Bible up again, read those same things, bring it all back up, re-digest it before you go to bed that night, do it one more time. Bring it all back up. Meditate on the Word of God, okay? To think on a thing. The old term used to be muse, right? To muse upon a thing. Well, now we have a musement. Okay? A is to be in opposition to. Right? 151 million bullets come out of the same gun and nobody gets shot and stuff blows up and aren't, people aren't hurt and somebody says, that's ridiculous and you get all offended because, hey, it's amusement, man. Don't think about Don't overthink it. We're being entertained. Don't think. Amusement is to be in opposition to thinking. Our culture is being dramatically sedated by amusement right i mean you know think about how how this has taken over our culture you guys taken over our culture right uh, uh we had one television in our home growing up back to the old man right it was black and white it was 13 inches and it was kept in the closet had rabbit ears some of you guys are like rabbit ears what you know <laughs> your television had rabbit ears what the heck Right? You know, I, I went to an uncle's house in uh, New Hampshire, and when we would, if we, we would watch, you know, like Jeopardy or Wheel of Fortune, then at eight, when the love boat came on, you had to go outside and take the antenna that was inside this little tower on the side of the house and turn it. And Tim would be inside, you know, a little far. You know, and if it was windy, that was a drag and blow it back around, you know what I'm saying? Just vice grips, lock it in place. You didn't spend a huge amount of time watching television. Right? If you did, somebody might walk by and throw something at you. Grab you, haul you out of the chair, kick you in the butt, send you out to go do something useful. Right? Think about it. it's it's in your phone now. It never stops, right? Think about how rapidly that took place. 2, 5, 7, and 12 became 59 channels of garbage, right? Became VHS. Well, it was beta first, wasn't it? Became VHS. And, and, you know, then you had to get it back in time or you're going to pay a late fee, right? I mean, you could have mortgaged a house on late fees. It was ridiculous. And, stuff. and then Netflix, God bless Netflix, finally. You know, you could send them two discs back and they'd send you two more. And almost immediately after that, online and digital. And now look, right, nonstop, constant. 
just it, it's a constant stream. Our culture, right, the tidal wave of entertainment, amusement that has taken over the hearts and minds of our culture and our society. That 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 it's a it's a wonder, right? I have attention deficit disorder. You laugh at that, but but okay, <clears throat> this this is frightening. The most critical time of your development as a human being is the first 18 months of your existence. Wow. How you react, uh, how you think, all of the wiring. of think, think about how children are just watching television and the Internet and shows nonstop for the first five years of their lives. There is a culture around us right now that is being sedated, electronically sedated into hell. It really is. We need to be responsible. Jesus showed us the example right here. The pain of life, he's going to absorb it full strength so that he can deliver the entire human race from an eternity in hell, separated. And we, we look at it as kind. Like, oh, let's just let's make them comfortable. The, the pain is needed. You know, the, the way that it teaches us. Um, um, there, there's a whole long discussion that I have about how our medical community is... Uh, actively involved in helping people kill themselves. And and whether you're aware of it or not, Maine is is one of uh, five states that allows for physician-assisted suicide. I'm not going to go into the details of how that works, but we've, we've allowed for it to take place. The people going through that pain, I, I have been at the bedside for many of those as a pastor. And... And the repair that people make in their relationships in those last years, months, days, hours, minutes, where the breakdown finally comes and they got to talk to that loved one and they, they get things straightened out. They get, they get things taken care of. We are robbing our world of so much through these processes taking the pain away. Jesus marched through it full strength for us. And when they had crucified him, verse 24, they divided his garments, casting lots for them to determine what every man should take. That, of course, fulfilled Psalm 22, 18. <clears throat> Listen, his going up to Golgotha and his being crucified, please ingrain it in your mind to look at Genesis 32 and Psalm 22. Genesis 32 and Psalm 22. Uh, Abraham taking Isaac up to Mount Moriah and David there describing the crucifixion and so much we learn about what Jesus was going through as he was suffering on the cross. Tremendous prophecies given to us in those moments. Here they divide his garments among them and for my clothing they cast Lots, that whole idea of how they didn't want to cut or tear the garment because it was one 
woven piece, which made it more valuable. So even if they weren't going to use it, it was much more resellable as a whole piece of uh, one single woven uh, garment. Now it was the third hour and they crucified him and the inscription of his accusation was written above the king of the Jews. Now if you're <clears throat> looking at the depictions of crucifixion and you're seeing that I-N-R-I on the plaque above Jesus' head, um, that's Latin, uh, which uh, simply is uh, Isis uh, Nazarenus Rexus Ledulum, which is, uh, you know, Jesus of Nazareth, King of the Jews, is, is what's being said. So it's, it's the abbreviation, I-N-R-I, uh, when you see that Latin representation, Jesus of Nazareth, King of the Jews. Uh, verse 15, uh, it was written in all three languages of the day, the common tongue, so anyone passing by would see that. And that would be an odd inscription, right? You know, you've got thief written uh, in three languages on each of the crosses, right and left, and then above Jesus' head is king of the Jews. Uh, they're crucifying him for for being the king of the Jews. So that's that's something to consider in the whole picture. Verse 27 with him, they also crucified two robbers, one on his right hand, the other on his left. So the inscription was fulfilled, which said, and he was numbered with the transgressors. That's Isaiah 53, verse 12. Therefore, I will divide him a portion with the great, and he shall divide the spoil with the strong, because he poured out his soul unto death and was numbered with the transgressors. And he bore the sins of many and made intercession for the transgressors. Praise God that he paid our debt, that, that he, he uh, you know, calculated the cost and, and covered our sin, uh, washed away. God didn't even just cover. He washed away our sin. Verse 29, those who passed by blasphemed him, wagging their heads and saying, Aha, you who destroy the temple and build it in three days, save yourself and come down from the cross. Again, uh, how sinister do you have to be to mock a man who's dying of lethal injection, who's strapped in an electric chair? You've you got to be a pretty calloused soul, you know, regardless uh, of the fact that they may even be a criminal. Uh, you know, you go by and have these snide things to say. That, that shows you what kind of heart a person has. You'd want to turn your face away. You'd want to hang your head. You'd want to have some degree of somber respect for a person is expiring. They're losing their life here in the moment. And instead, this mockery. Verse 31, likewise, the chief priests also mocking among themselves with the scribes said, He saved others. Himself he cannot save. Let the Christ, the King of Israel, descend now from the cross that we may see and believe even those who were crucified with him, reviled him. How messed up is it that um, for more than 1,500 years there's been a law on the books that says if an individual is cured of leprosy, they're to go present themselves to the priests. Uh, once declared clean, they bring two doves, they put one dove inside an earthen vessel, they kill 
that dove with a wooden stake over running water. They pour the blood of the first dove out upon the second dove and then set it free. Uh, Jesus' spirit symbolized by bird and an earthen vessel as a human being killed on the wooden cross, right? The running water symbolizing the Holy Spirit. His blood poured out upon us, set us free. Amazing uh, symbolism and all of that. The Jews never used that once, as far as we know. 1,500 years, better than 1,500 years that's spent in the books. And now suddenly, here's a leper shows up at the temple, says, I've been cleansed. No kidding, cleansed, leper. Remarkable. Go through the process. Okay, be free, be on your way. Right? And uh, the question's going to come up. How were you healed? How were you made well? Jesus of Nazareth. And here comes another leper. You're healed of leprosy. Remarkable. How were you healed? Jesus of Nazareth. Now they're coming in groups. Wait a minute. How were all of you guys healed? Jesus of Nazareth. All through Jesus' ministry. Leopard. They haven't used this law. Thousands of years. And they're showing up. One after the other. And in groups. Jesus of Nazareth. You know, but now let's crucify him. And then let's mock him. He saved others. Let's see if he can save himself. Really sinister. Really sinister. Uh, don't be surprised when people act that way. You know, sometimes people behave in such a way that you're left sort of dumbfounded. Like, how could a person be so callous? Uh, human beings are pretty wicked. You don't really have to have, you know, supernatural demonic influence uh, to make a human being extraordinarily vile. Uh, I, I only have to look within my own heart to see how wicked a human being can be. People often say that, right? The devil made me do it. I've mocked that recently. I don't need the devil's help. I don't need any devil's help. <laughs> these, these guys demonstrate that as they mock him. Psalm 22 again. Really need to uh, go home and do your extra credit and read Psalm 22 Verse 7 says, all those who see me ridicule me. They shoot out the lip. They shake the head saying he trusted in the Lord. Let him rescue him. Let him deliver him since he delights in him. Wow. The, the priests are saying these things and they come directly from the Psalms. And yet it doesn't strike them at all. Really amazing. Uh, consider. Um well, it's uh, it's 7.30. I know that I've chased a bunch of rabbit trails and we had communion. But if I get into this next section where Jesus passes away, we'll, we'll have to complete it. And we'll be here until midnight again. So why don't we just uh, leave off at verse 33 for this week. And I'll just <clears throat> reiterate that thought again of, of study Genesis 32 and study Psalm 22. And uh, note how remarkable uh, the prophetic parallels are and what it is that the Lord was pointing to in Jesus' death. Uh, such, a, such a great sacrifice made on my behalf. I don't have to look around at the world at all. I can see myself and just how completely unworthy I am. And yet uh, Jesus Christ, in his grace, uh, offered us uh, his life in exchange for our filthy, rotten lives. So let us be grateful. Amen. Well, let's stand and we'll pray and we'll pick up at verse 33 next week. Father God, um, I thank you 
for your love and your grace and uh, your word, the opportunity to share in communion together. I pray that you would minister to us this evening, that your word would um, help us to listen to the alarms that may be going off in our lives, the, the things that you may have said to us this evening about uh, our, our need to wake up and be alert and uh, affect changes to see your, your kingdom come and your will being done in our lives and in our circumstances. Help us to respond to the leading of your Holy Spirit, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.